Namaskaram. Uh, hi, Michael, Jose, hi. Ernesto. Today uh, we have a question. It's a very short question. It says like this. Uh, what does following Bhagavan's path seriously mean and imply? If we truly following Bhagavan's path, we have to be serious about it. It's not something that we can um, that we can follow half-heartedly because it requires great um, commitment and dedication to persevere in this practice because the nature of the mind is to be constantly going outwards and we are trying to turn it back within. So every time we turn it back within, Sooner or later, it's going to jump out again, and we have to bring it back. And it, it, like this, it goes on um, for as long as it takes. So it requires great dedication, great perseverance. Um, so only if we are really persevering in the practice can we be said to be following his path seriously. Was yeah. there anything further you wanted to, to, add, no, uh, to add or ask in this connection? Yes. yes um, I think that uh, the most important no, in this in this path is to to are very seriously is to understand that the practice is very most important than in other paths, uh, for example, Kabbalah or different um, paths of mystical paths, no, because the Atma Vichara. Uh, is the is the essence uh, yes. the, the middle and the and the goal of this yeah. of this path? Yes. And I think for all the the people who came to this uh, way, it's important to say to them that from the first moment uh, you are try to practice to turn within. Uh, Without the uh, expectations or hidden um, expectatives or ideas about your advance or or whatever, no? Yes. Uh, this is what I I think. I don't know, Carlos yeah. and Jose. I, I have a I have a question. Okay. Um, did Bhagavan Bhagavan actually say this is a path? This is my path. We we say Bhagavan's path, but is that is that how Murugana and Saruam treated it? This is a path, like there's a perceived set of perceived. Um, Bhagavan very very clearly referred to it as a path. path. For example, in the twelfth paragraph of Nana, he says he he says just like the. Right, he starts the first sentence. He says God and Guru are in truth not different. And then he says, just like the prey that is caught in the jaws of a tiger cannot escape, those who are caught in the glance of Guru's grace will surely be saved by him and will never be forsaken. So he gives us a great assurance there. But then he adds an important proviso. Nevertheless, it is necessary to follow without fail the path that Guru has shown. There he uses the word vari. Vari means path or way. Um, in verse 17 of Upadesha Undia, he says, this is the direct path for all. So he, yes, he definitely uh, used, uh, referred to it as a path. And in this context, what a path means is 
a means. So this is the, the, the means to know ourself is to look at ourself. If you want to see something, you have to look at it. If you want to see ourselves, if you want to see what we actually are, we need to look at ourselves. But obviously, we are not an object of 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 sight. We are, it's not it's not with our physical eyes that we can see ourselves. It's only with the inner eye, the eye of attention. We need to uh, focus our entire attention within, and this is definitely a path. Yes. And Bhagavan referred to it as such. And so when we when we talk about path, we, when Bhagavan talks about path, he talks it's just Atmavichara. Yes, yes. I mean, he he acknowledges that there are other paths, but all and if we read Upadesha Undia carefully, we can see that he's showing how all other paths must sooner or later. Uh, lead to Atmavichara, because Atmavichara is the only means by which we can annihilate ego. We cannot know ourselves by attending to anything other than ourselves. In order to know what we are, we need to attend to ourselves. And attending to ourselves is Atmavichara. So other paths are means to purify the mind. But this is this path of Atmavichara is not only the most effective means to purify the mind, it is also the only means to eradicate the mind, to eradicate ego. And how serious is this path for us? Is uh, from 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 the beginning, it's uh, less serious. We take it less seriously because we understand only a little. Probably yes. we, we don't. Fully grasp the yes. implication of this path where it's going to lead yes. us. So as we uh, practice and understand more the teachings, I guess that we'll take it more, more and more seriously. Yes, I think but, that is all. But necessary that does that imply because we know that by uh, our parada is already predestined. So. And we know that we don't have to pay attention to our paratha because it's going to happen anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, but uh, people often, I hear people, some um, uh, friends that say that uh, it, this following this path seriously involves involves uh, changes in your life. I mean, outwardly, <laughs> like uh, you're going to lose, you might lose because you're going to lose interest in many things. Yeah, so yes. maybe you don't want to hang out with uh, your friends anymore, and maybe uh, you don't find interesting talking to people about certain topics anymore, yeah. and you know. So it's like losing uh, a grip on what you were thought to be yourself prior to following this path, and that can be even I don't know. Some people might seem odd at the beginning. Yes, I, I think um, it does. It does seem to be the case. But if we're following this path, it seems to have an effect on our outward life. But actually, our outward life—that is what we, what is destined to happen in our life, the type of life we are destined to live—is all determined by prarabdha. But prarabdha is not just an arbitrary selection of the fruits of our past karmas, it is a tailor-made uh, selection. It is tailor-made to suit our um, 
our vasanas, our inclinations. So if 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 we have if we have inclinations towards the spiritual path, our prarabdha will lead us to Bhagavan's teachings and it will it will our outward life will be shaped in such a way um well it's it's hard to say that is however our outward life is shaped that is the most conducive for our spiritual development so the prarabdha can only work in our favor it cannot work against us in following the spiritual path because it's been tailor made to to uh, facilitate our spiritual development so the the changes that but we may think, oh, these changes have taken place because I'm following this path. No, but the, the prarabdha was already charted out. Um, knowing that we have an inclination to follow this path, it was charted out in such a way that will be most conducive to our following this path. We may not understand how it's conducive. We may be in a a situation in life where we seem to have so many other responsibilities and so on. But whatever be the outward circumstances of our life, they are the circumstances that are most favorable for us at this present moment. For, for example, I remember um, two years uh, ago to speak with Carlos no, about uh, about you and your uh, your uh, transmission no, of the teachings of Agaban teachings. No, um, along two years, I, I was reading no, your mm. articles in, in the blog uh, mm. are different. I detect a, a very intense motivation. Yes. When in my life, I, I detect this intense motivation in any way. Yes. I, um, I, 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 um, I think that this is um as the prarabdha absorb me in this way to, to this road no yeah yeah i don't know if i explain me yeah <laughs> but, i understand you, you the yes. prarabdha draws us into this yes. path yes because i have the not because i have this motivation you know because the prarabdha uh, um show me the way yes in in base of my motivation yes yes Huh? That is, that's what I meant when I said the, the prarabdha is tailor-made to suit us. So Bhagavan knows what our inclinations are. What Bhagavan knows whether this path will attract us or not. If once we are ready for this path, he will arrange our prarabdha in such a way that we are drawn to this path. And um, <coughs> it, it's... It's not only for those who are ready to be drawn to this path, for each and every one, whatever be the stage of their spiritual development, their present prarabdha is the one that is most conducive to their further spiritual development. They may not even think they're following a spiritual path. They may outwardly be um, completely worldly in their outlook and in their aims and ambitions, but their outward life is tailor-made to slowly, slowly open their eyes to the unsatisfactory nature of this embodied existence. Mm -hmm. 
And it is that it is the recognition of the unsatisfactory nature of this embodied existence but but starts us on the spiritual path. We're looking for something beyond merely the the, the material pleasures of life. Um, there was one other thing I wanted to say. You said about um, you, your first comment, you were saying about practice. Yes, what this path is all about, it's all about practice. And if we understand Bhagavan's teachings correctly, whatever he taught us is all pointing towards practice. Some people are rather dismissive of Bhagavan's teaching. They say, oh, I'm not interested in this, the theory. I just want to follow the practice. But in Bhagavan's teachings, we can't, we can't, we, we, we can't say, oh, these Ulujanapdu, uh, that's uh, theory, this is theory, that is theory, and dismissing. It's all the, what they, what such people take to be theory, all is actually practical. Whatever Bhagavan taught us, it all has practical implications. So, though the most important thing of all is to follow the practice, this this path is a very deep and subtle path. It requires a deep and subtle understanding. So we can go deep in this path to the extent to which we understand Bhagavan's teachings. And we can understand his teachings to the extent to which we go deep in this path. So in addition to, to, to the, or not, I wouldn't even say in addition, that is, the practice is what is most important, but also trying seriously to understand what Bhagavan is teaching us and to understand the practical implication of all he's teaching us is also very important because without that, without that clear understanding, we won't understand what the practice is. That is, most people, most of the questions that are asked about the practice of self-investigation, like people ask how to practice self-investigation. Well, in order to understand that, we need to understand Bhagavan's teachings. If we understand Bhagavan's teachings clearly, then what he means by self-investigation and how to practice it will be clear to us. But if we just want to be given a, a formula, you have to do this, 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 it, we won't, it, it's, this isn't a, um, that is the, what is the practice of self-investigation? We can try and explain it by saying it's being self-attentive, it's being attentively self-aware, it's turning our attention back to ourselves. We can try to express it in so many ways, but unless people have a, deep understanding of Bhagavan's teachings, these words will not be meaningless to them. Because what is this self I have to attend to? What is the I? Is, it the, is that I that I have to attend to? Is it the ego or the self? These sort of questions people ask because they haven't understood what Bhagavan, what Bhagavan is actually saying. There are no two eyes, an ego and a self. There's only one eye. That one eye in its pure condition is our real nature. Now we experience it mixed and conflated with adjunct. That mixed and conflated awareness eye is what is called ego. Um, so we, we need to understand all these things. Then only we will understand what it is, but we what the practice actually is. 
We can't, we can't put it into practice without understanding what the practice is. And we can't understand the practice, what the practice is, without having a broader understanding of Bhagavan's teachings. And, and the, the most, uh, how you are saying, the, the most uh, importance of the theory, no, of the verses, yes. is this, this continuous um, focus uh, uh, in uh, help us to understand very well all the details um, of the practice. Yes, yes, yes. Because, for example, no, uh, the other day we was speaking about maybe you remember no this conversation about this video of Papaji when David Goldman spoke about uh, that uh, this person can be illuminate in this explosion of love no yeah. uh, when he say look inside you look inside you no and uh, the other day some friend of us in uh, in Tumismo telegram community that we have uh, put this video and say look no look this papaji video no and he he has the or she has no is a woman mm -hmm. she has the experience of uh, his real nature no mm. and when when you look in the verses of Bhagavan's teachings no and say yeah you can have a, a real um, um, uh, experience of who you are if you mm. after that uh, big uh, Arise has ego again. Yes. <laughs> it's not possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. But too many, too many people believe in that. You can stay for a moment, for an instant, uh, seeing yourself as you really are. But after all that, you continue to look at uh, different forms and the yeah. three others and all of that. <laughs> What's yeah, that's you've seen what about. you really are for a moment. Then there's no coming back. You're finished. Yes. It's just, I think what Ernesto's question tries to allure to or tries to convey is how radical this is. Yes, yes. So it is very radical. I mean it, it is very radical. And people we we have to be we have to be ready to recognize how radical it is. Because many, many people they're attracted to Bhagavan. They may even be superficially attracted to his teachings, but they're not ready to, to digest the, what his teachings are actually about. So they, they form some, um, they form some imagination in their own mind of what Bhagavan is talking about. Bhagavan is saying everything is the self, everything is God. You have to see God in all, all these sort of ideas. I mean, there are so many ideas. And, and Bhagavan has said it's very easy. All you have to do is to see that you're the self, see that you are consciousness, and all your problems are solved. They, they, they trivialize Bhagavan's teachings and they, 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 um, they, interpret it according to their own likes and dislikes so they 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 um some even say well what's wrong with having ego you need ego to operate in the world it's just you they, they, that they 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 miss the point of bhagavan's teachings in so many different ways we can see it nowadays with so many of these so-called um uh teachers would be gurus they they're teaching something and they will always many of them say oh 
we are in Ramana Maharshi's lineage. But actually what they're teaching, if you, if you pay close attention to it, it's got nothing to do with Bhagavan's teachings at all. Yes. So right. we, have, we have to be serious. That's, a, that's another reason why it's very necessary to be serious about reading Bhagavan's teachings, that is, his, core, his own original writings, understanding them correctly, and recognizing how radical they are. And if we, quite understandably, for many people, it's, it's not appealing to be told if ego comes into existence, everything comes into existence. If ego doesn't exist, everything doesn't exist. This is an extremely radical teaching. And naturally, for many people, that won't be appealing. It, it's far too radical for them. So uh, we, ha we each have to decide for ourselves, are we ready to um, accept Bhagavan's teachings as they are? Or do we want to just see them as we would like them to be? And how the, the, the most of the people have a very inner um, um, miedo. <laughs> how is miedo, Carlos? Sorry. What? Fear. Fear. Yes. yes. Oh, oh, the, the most people have this very, very inner and hidden fear uh, for the disappear as ego, no? Yes. It need have a, a very strong need to that, uh, include an exception to this radical way mm. as soon as they uh, they can, no? Mm. And looking what uh, what can put in the in the understanding to modify onto uh, distortion a little yeah. to. Act, in accord, what would you say, with our needs, our yeah, 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 likes yes, and our yes, dislikes? Yes, yes. Yeah. That is, the truth is, why we are all here, because none of us are yet ready to let go of ego entirely. We're not ready to surrender ourselves. So, in the sense, we all have a fear. Um, that, that is because we, we are still so attached to this embodied state of ours. But we, it, it's, it's also necessary, if we want to follow this path seriously, it's also necessary to recognize where we stand now, to recognize the fact that the reason why this path seems difficult, the reason why we haven't yet succeeded, is that we don't, we, we don't yet want it enough. We still have too much liking for things other than ourselves. We are not, we're not yet willing to let go of everything else, including ourselves as a person. Until we are ready to let go of these, we cannot reach our goal. But if, at least if we recognize that we are not yet ready to surrender ourselves completely, once we recognize that, I, honestly, then we can start working towards making ourselves ready to accept that. The only way to make ourselves ready to accept that is by following this path slowly, slowly, gradually, gradually. The love to know and to be what we actually are will increase. And the inclination to know other things, that is, the Vishaya Vasanas, will get weaker and weaker and weaker. So we need to recognize our own limitations. We need to recognize that in order to overcome these limitations, 
Hard work is required. Hard work doesn't mean doing anything. The hard work required is just to be as we are by trying again and again and again. However many times our attention goes outward, we need to try to turn it back to ourselves. And we, so then only we can be serious in following this path. So if we, if we, we have to be very honest with ourselves about our present limitations. We, we have to be honest about the fact that we truly don't have sufficient love. Um, we maybe got a little liking to follow this path, but our liking for other things is still far stronger than our liking to let go of everything and to be as we actually are. It comes to me, uh, we, have, we have not uh, sufficient love to yes. stay without love. Meanwhile, the love comes to you. So, sorry, can you say that again? I don't know if my English is good. No? <laughs> uh, the, the, the most people who came to this path, yes. uh, they have not uh, the sufficient love yes. to continuous perseverance yes. without the, the flavor of love yes. uh, and continue without it mm. until you... Uh, you find in yourself. Yes, yes. I understand what you mean. Um, that is, we wouldn't, if we had no love for this path, we wouldn't follow it. The very fact that we are at least making a little effort to turn within shows that we have some love. Yeah. We have to build on that love. It may be very, very, um, very feeble love, but it, it's a starting point. So we can build on that by making use of that love to try and turn within as much as possible. And slowly, slowly, that love will grow. Hmm. And, and to the extent that the love, that is the bhakti, to the extent that that grows, the, the opposite, the, uh, I mean, the, the vairagya will also grow. In other words, as our, as our love to know ourself increases, to know and to be what we actually are increases, our interest in our liking for other things will slowly, slowly um, uh, diminish. In other words, the vishaya vasanas will get weaker, the sat vasana will get stronger. But that can come only with patient and persistent practice. Yes. I remember the Sadhana Saram when Sadhwam say, that uh, the surrender or the atma vichara to know yourself yeah. are the same uh, the, the, the two sides of the same page coin yeah um uh, if you have not love to surrender and you do have not love to um, to know yourself <laughs> yes. maybe it's not this is this is not your path uh, for the moment no and and there is maybe no but i wouldn't even encourage people to give up like that i would even if you've got a tiny tiny amount of love make use of that try a little you may not be ready to surrender yourself now but at least try give it a try and slowly slowly this will catch us because if you are asking yourself if i have i have not and uh, you are with this uh, teachings in front of you or t uh, you are looking or watching yeah. sorry the, the videos if you have a tiny tiny yeah yeah interest, no yeah and i think anyone who is honest with themselves if they're following this path they will very clearly know that is 
we all have insufficient love. If you read Akshramlai, Akshramlai is the is sung from the perspective of an extremely mature aspirant, someone who's really going deep in this path. But still, from that perspective, Bhagavan is lamenting the lack of that is he putting himself in that position, he's lamenting his lack of love. Mm-hmm. Of course, Bhagavan is the fullness of love itself. So it doesn't really we shouldn't take it, but Bhagavan is, is in that state. But he's reflecting in Akshramla, he's reflecting the state of a very advanced aspirant. And however advanced we may be, in fact, the more advanced we become, the more we will recognize the inadequacy of our love. As our love grows, the more we will recognize its inadequacy. I feel like the, the path turn the path becomes very intense, like after a certain point, and it's almost like a no return point that you that the aspirant goes through. I'm not gonna say myself, yeah. but I'll say someone goes through it. And at some point it's clear to or easier to recognize, well, I can see the beauty of pure awareness or what we're seeking. I can see the purity of Guru and everything. So I can see the beauty in that. And but at the same time I still have some awareness of the world because you know I'm this person seeing all that. And looking the other direction towards ego and everything else, because here I saw so much beauty, I'm seeing so much ugliness in this ego nature. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like very creepy. Yeah. And like, what is this? Yeah, um, but I'm still here, so it must be me. Yeah. Um, so it gets radical after that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I, I think. Yeah. I think you're right. We reach a point of no return, but that point of no return is not a sudden thing. That is, we are gradually, gradually, as we get sucked deeper and deeper into this path. The possibility of any return, it becomes clear we we've already gone too far. We may not we may not be progressing, we may not have progressed very far on this path, but we've already come too far. There's no turning back. <laughs> right. 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 And right. one thing, Michael, that because uh, it's true that uh, if you have a more solid understanding of Bhagavan's uh, teachings, you put them into practice and you persevere in this practice etc and still uh, uh, you can have the the feeling that uh, uh, for example it's very ingrained i think in many people that the belief that even though it's paravda is predestined uh, i would still have some more time off to <laughs> to read or to sit in silence or because i have five children you know a job that takes a lot of time, a lot of attention, effort, yes. and you know, I have no uh, time to rest almost. So yes. it's still even in a person who is devoted to this yes. path might feel that that is, if only I had this more extra time for yeah, uh, yes. yeah, and uh, because it's you put the example once uh, of a person who is wo- watching a movie mm. at the cinema and. Yeah, the, the movie can still can go on, but without you paying attention to it. Yes. Like uh, not being interested at all in the movie. Yes, yes. Turning inwards. Yes. 
uh, reaching that point also of having a lot of uh, things to do in in this life and uh, not being interested or not thinking that you don't have to put any effort on your side to 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 do all these actions yes uh, because of the lack of love obviously also yes is is i don't know it's like a a, a point where it's it's hard to to balance yes that that is it seems to us but how can how can this life go on how can i pay my rent how can i pay my bills how can i look after my family how can i do my work uh if i'm not attending to these things so attending to these things is necessary it 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 seems like that to to us but as we go deeper and deeper in the path it becomes clearer and clearer but actually all these things are are happening of their own accord and truly speaking even if we've got 10 children and have to work uh, 14 hours a day 7 days a week we still got time to do self attentive to be self attentive because we can be self attentive in the midst of all this the idea that we we need to um we need to have time off but if if i have more time if i had if i could save up money and um and retire early and have all the time on my hands then i could uh, do this we we may work hard earn a lot of money be able to retire early and then then we will reach a point where we recognize no the problem wasn't this work it wasn't the family it wasn't all these things the problem is my own vasana my own liking to go outwards that's why bhagavan said if you cannot practice this in the midst of a battlefield you won't be able to practice it even in a sitting in a cave in the himalayas mm-hmm. because in both situations it's the vasanas of a problem it's the vasanas that are taking the mind outwards it's not the outward circumstances mm-hmm. we think or oh, because of the outward circumstances my mind is being pulled outwards it's not so if we had love to turn within the outward circumstances will cannot prevent us bhagavan often said the the uh, prarabdha affects only the outward turn mind it can never prevent you turning the mind within is the unique freedom that we have Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Um to restrict the inclination mm. when this inclination is not necessary to the destiny, no? Yeah. We 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 can't exactly restrict the inclination. That is whatever inclinations we have, we have these inclinations. Inclinations being the bastard. What we can do is we can we can refrain from being swayed by the inclinations yes, yes, yes. to the extent to which we refrain from being swayed by them they are thereby weakened this is the this is one of the reasons why this practice of self investigation is so effective because when we're holding on to ourselves we are thereby not allowing ourselves to be uh, uh, swayed by the vishaya vasanas so the vishaya vasanas are weakened uh, if I I I will go uh, impulse for this vasana to do wh- whatever I, yes. I I must to do for the pravda if I try inside no yes. no um, 
no go with the vasana, this yes. vasana is weakening. No, is what yes. you yes, yes, yes. Okay, and and this is very important. Without yes. the the result, if you yes. must to go. <laughs> yes, yeah. that is for in order to experience prarabdha, we don't need to do anything, but body and mind may meet, need to do certain things. But we don't need to do anything. We think that we we need to do these things because we identify ourselves with this body and mind. So the whole purpose of this of this path is to separate ourselves from this. I mean, to give up this false identification with the body and mind. So the more we go within, the more we detach ourselves from the body and mind. So though they may be doing whatever they need to do in order for the prarabdha to unfold. It's not we who are doing that. As Bhagavan says, it's God who is making the body. In, in the first sentence of a note he wrote for his mother, according to the prarabdha of each one, he who is for that, being there, there, will make them dance. So that means our mind, speech, and body will be made to do whatever actions are necessary for the prarabdha to unfold. We think it is necessary for us to do these things because we identify ourselves with the mind and body. But if we are going within, we are thereby detaching ourselves. Then the mind and body can do whatever, they, whatever they're made to do by God. We can't prevent that anyway. Uh, but we will, we, will, we will remain aloof from that. We will remain detached from that because instead of attaching ourselves to this body and mind, we are trying more and more to attach ourselves to our own being, which is ever unaffected by whatever the mind, speech, and body may be doing. And uh, in, a, in a moment, there is secondary what will, hap uh, will happen with your body, with your mind, what you need to, to do, what you need to. Yeah. Because uh, the inner job is growing uh, yes. in the weakness of the vasanas. No? Yes, yes, yes. It, that, that is what the body, speech, and mind need to do according to prarabdha. They will be made to do this. So we need not concern ourselves with these things at all. Of course, it's not. It, it seems to us, because we're still so much um, in intimately bound up with this body and mind, it seems to us, oh, I need to do this, but it's not I who needs to do it. If the body and mind need to do it, God will make them do it. I don't need to do anything. I need to just be as I am. That's right. I, I read some once in, on the internet that uh, someone talking about Bhagavan's teachings, and he wrote that... Uh, because uh, you know, because other other spiritual masters or teachers, they mm. they say that you have in the end you have you'll have to give up, uh, you know, friends, family, whatever. Mm -hmm. So in order to pursue uh, what we actually are, mm. and he said that uh, we wrote uh, that because uh, Bhagavan or Pentagaraman, because he never mm. got to such an age where he had to get married, have a, have a job or whatever. Yeah, uh, and then uh, he wouldn't know, but he wouldn't advise those things. I mean, he was, it would be the same for him whether a person is married or not. So, uh, following that Mavichara, that that was uh, was enough, no? Uh, yes. reg uh, regardless of what they uh, what they did in life. Yeah. Because, yes. Uh -huh. But yes, also because he was identifying Bhagavan with uh, Ventakarama, Ven Venkataraman, yeah. And, yes. Uh, yes. 
the, the person he seemed to be also. Mm -hmm. Yes. The thing is, it's back to the radical point. Um, it is very important. Like as we go, we learn, okay, now I can see the implications a little bit. Not that I'm there, but at least I can see it and like, I can foresee it. And a few days ago, um, we had this friend who she was looking for a boyfriend, found a boyfriend, etc. And she was extremely happy. And this happiness that she feels, if we put isolated, so this is how my thinking process goes about this. I'm, while this conversation is going on, I'm here thinking, okay, well, she feels very happy. But if we could isolate this happiness as she feels now, the happiness we're beginning has to be the same happiness from deep sleep. That means all she wants is sleep. Yeah. It's not you can throw that around in a conversation. You can just have to follow the conversation as if, yes, no, totally, you're doing great. But really, in my mind, yeah, now she wants sleep. Yeah. So yeah. it's that I and I can see how that's very radical because then I'm telling basically all I'm saying is you're wasting your time because you should be sleeping. Yeah. In this same happiness you're getting right now, I mean, it's got to come from one place. So right now you're seeing it all over the place, but you're wrong. But at the same time, by thinking this way, I'm also invalidating the person because this person now is unnecessary because why would you even have this person in the first place? Just drop that. Yeah. Sleep. Eternally, that'd be good. Yeah. And that's why it gets radical. And um, so I can see that it's like an... And the more radical it gets, the more private it gets, the more inner it gets, and the less you can like openly yes. share it. It's something yeah. that goes towards within yourself. More than private, I would say inner, because private is a is a relative yeah. state relative to the external life. But as we go deeper and deeper within, that is so long as we look outwards, we seem to be this person. And so long as we seem to be this person, there seem to be so many other people and they seem to be just like us. They seem to be seeking happiness in external things and so on and so forth. We may call the all, all these are all seemingly true so long as we seem to be this person. But the more we go within, the more we separate ourselves from this person and the, the, the more the whole thing loses its its we can't say it, it still seems to be real but somehow it's less solidly real right. but that's only right. to the extent to which we go within that that reminded me a lot of um there's this verse in the gospel of thomas and i'm sorry i'm bringing up non-canonic verse or yeah whatever and there's where he says that the all the men all in age will ask the newborn baby where the place of life is because i'm like of course of course i mean the how happiness is but one source and we as person when i'm like 70 years old now i want to be able to say all oh, of the things i did and i was so happy because i had fully happiness just from one source so it's it's whatever i do as a person is irrelevant yeah and yes. my worldly life is completely irrelevant and this world is also completely relevant. So in terms of happiness, 
yeah. or source of happiness and thereby might as well just ask a newborn baby how's it go how's it how he is doing because it's bad thing yeah and i was like yes of course they just I mean, what jesus said is the truth but again i mean you, you get a radical spiritual point of view yeah which is a good point of view by the way not yeah <laughs> And obviously, you have to change the way you, you behave with people. Yeah, obviously, you're not going to be open uh, about what you're, what you're following, what your yes, yes. beliefs are, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's the truth, though. You recognize it as the truth. You may not say it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah. it's the truth. It's like the analogy of the dog chewing at the bone. I think the devotion is our greatest asset, isn't it? Devotion, love is the key to this. If we don't have love, we cannot follow this path. Yeah. I think one, yeah. one thing that you often say, that, that Michael, that is very important, is to, to know why Bhagavan says each thing that he says. Because, as you say, if you give someone, okay, this is what you can practice. Okay, uh, who am I? This uh, seemingly method or technique or so to speak that works just by asking, no, magically it <laughs> sorts out who you are uh, in a second. Uh, why? Why is he telling us to investigate who am I? And why is he telling us this thing in this verse and that thing in that other verse? Because uh, knowing the context is very important. Yeah, why would yes, yes. anything? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the, the solid foundation of the, uh, knowing Bhagavan's teachings uh it is i mean it's everything when you start yes 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 or practicing really practicing vanma vichara yes yes mm -hmm. that's so you many times you say the bhakti is the mother of jnana um but then we start at jnana i guess uh, or but jnana i mean understanding intellectually what the teachings are and that may not be jnana as pure awareness, but at least it's our trying to get to it. Yeah. Um, so I'd say that, the, so the only way to build Bhakti, well, so what was the best way to build, build Bhakti beyond Atma? It, it, there's no actual way to build Bhakti beyond Atma Vichara, is there? So that is Atma Vichara is the way to build Bhakti. And the bhakti is the way to build up my vichara because they're the two sides of the same coin. <laughs> that is, Bhagavan says in verse 26 of Uludunapuru, for example, that's a verse in which he begins by saying, if ego comes into existence, everything comes into existence. If ego doesn't exist, everything doesn't exist. Ego itself is everything. Then he concludes by saying, therefore, investigating what it is, is giving up everything. That means investigating what this ego is, is giving up everything. Because by investigating ego, that the ego will subside to the extent to which we attend to it. So, and to the extent that ego subsides, everything else subsides along with it. So we cannot even begin to follow this path without thereby surrendering. To the extent to which we go within, to that extent are we surrendering. And to go within fully, we have to surrender fully. And what is the motivation for surrendering? Love alone can be the motivation. So long as we have like, so much liking for going outside, we won't have the love to go inside. 
Right. So that love, the bhakti, the true bhakti, is the opposite of the vishaya vasana. The vishaya vasana is of the inclination to go outwards. The bhakti is the inclination to subside back within, to surrender ourselves completely by holding on to our own being. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Sometimes, Michael, that can it happen that uh, you can have like you, you get to a point where you uh, it seems you are not progressing or not making any progress. Not you. You are. Uh, it's as if you are not <laughs> allowed to go any further, and then. Uh, you understand, obviously, that you have to surrender a bit more. Yeah, but what what sort of progress do we expect to make? People say, um, I wasn't making any progress. How, how on earth do we know? According to Bhagavan, the only sign of progress is perseverance. If you're persevering, you're progressing. If you're not persevering, you're not progressing. Mm -hmm. But even if we're not persevering, grace is doing its work. So in a sense, we are progressing, but our progress is very, very slow. The, the more we persevere in the practice, the faster we are progressing. Yeah, not, not progressing the mean in the sense of uh, having a result or an outcome that you can measure, but in the sense that I, I, I want to, I don't know, I want to go further on this path. I want to, mm -hmm. and... Uh, because you see that you can see that okay, I have to. Uh, there is the need to surrender that tendency or that other tendency. Or giving, I, I realize I'm giving too much attention to these things. So yeah, it like suddenly becomes more aware of that. Yeah. Like oh yeah, that's here lies the problem. There is like or seemingly a obstacle. To say, I want to go further in this path. Yes, it's good to want to go further, but actually how far we go is entirely dependent on how much we want, to, how, how much we truly want to go further. If we truly want to go further, nothing can stop us. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that we haven't gone further is because we don't yet have sufficient liking to go further. That's yeah, true. So the progress we make is is directly proportional to the love we have. The more love we have, the more progress. The more progress, the more love. And how about that? I've heard, uh, I, I, that was a video with David Goldman where he said, he was asked about the signs of progress and he gave a, an answer to someone and he said that, uh, Bhagavan said, that progress can be uh, measure in how free we are from unwanted thoughts. Yes, I think I think it's that. recorded like that. David often uh, quotes that. I think it's in talks or somewhere. I don't think Bhagavan would have said exactly like that. I think the person who recorded that didn't fully understand because how are we to 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 measure the extent of our thoughts according to Bhagavan? Everything other than our own being is is thought. This ego the first, is the first thought, mm -hmm. and everything, all the phenomena of this world, your thoughts. Mm -hmm. So how can I say I'm having less thoughts when I'm still knowing the world? Yes, in a sense, maybe we we are less troubled by thoughts. Thoughts have less impact on us, maybe. But what Bhagavan actually said. As a, as a general rule, whenever he was asked about signs of progress, he said perseverance is the only sign. Mm -hmm. 
Because so long as we're persevering, we are we are making progress. If we're not persevering, we are we are delaying our progress. I can't say that we are not making progress at all because grace is doing its work, but we are delaying our progress by not persevering. The more we persevere, and also the perseverance is a measure of our love. If we truly love to uh, follow this path, if we truly love to make progress, we will definitely persevere. The love will drive us to persevere. So if we are lacking in perseverance, that means we're lacking in love. So that the, the perfect answer to that question is what Bhagavan generally said, which is that um, but, uh, perseverance alone is the sign of, 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 of progress. It's possible in some context he could have said something to the effect that David quotes, but that would have been in a particular context to a particular person. That's not a, a general rule. And any any if 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 a a deep thinking aspirant, if they heard Bhagavan saying that, they would at once question him. But how do we? How can we possibly measure the extent of thoughts? If all this is thoughts, then we are thinking all the time. Bhagavan says in in Nana, um, even though Vishaya Vasanas, which come from time immemorial, rise in countless numbers like ocean waves. That is every moment, so many Vishaya Vasanas are, are, are rising because this whole world is nothing but a projection of our Vishaya Vasanas. That is, Vishaya Vasanas means the, the inclination to seek happiness in Vishayas. Vishayas means objects. The objects are nothing, the Vishaya Vasanas are the seeds that give rise to the objects. Bhagavan compared Vishaya Vasanas to the images on a film in a cinema. The pictures that are projected on the screen are a projection of the images on the film. Likewise, the, the, all, this entire universe, everything, it's all just a projection of our own Vasanas. Mm -hmm. So, can anyone say that they are free of thoughts? No, we're not. We're definitely, the thoughts are there. Um, all the time. So long as ego is there, there are thoughts. Because ego is the first thought, and though no other thought can rise without ego, ego cannot stand without holding on to other thoughts. So the thoughts will thoughts cease only in the states of manolaya and manonasa. Manolaya is of no use to us because. I mean, we need to sleep. That's one type of manolaya. But trying to prolong the time in manolaya, nivikalpa samadhi or anything, that is of no use whatsoever. The only, because manolaya, however long it may last, is temporary. As Bhagavan told the story of a yogi who was in nivikalpa samadhi for 300 years and woke up and the first thought in his mind was the last thought that was there before. So, However long we may remain in Manolea, we will come out sooner or later. And when we come out, mm -hmm. all the same vasanas are there because vasanas are not destroyed in Manolea. So our, our aim is not, not Manolea. Of course, we need to sleep as much as we need to sleep. But beyond that, we need to be in the waking and dream states. We need to be trying to attend to ourselves more and more and more because that is the only way to bring about Manonasa, which is the permanent eradication of ego. 
And only when ego is permanently eradicated are thoughts permanently eradicated. So in Bhagavan's path, we need not be so concerned about thoughts. In the sixth paragraph of Nana, Bhagavan says, That means, however many thoughts rise, so what? As and when each thought arises, if one vigilantly investigates to whom has this arisen, uh, to whom does this appear, it will be clear to me that implies our attention turns back to ourself. We then hold on to that, and then the mind will return to its birthplace, and the thought that arisen will subside. So, being concerned about thoughts is the it's is that is thoughts arises. Because of our interest in them, so if we're concerned about thoughts, oh, I've got too many thoughts, how do I get rid of thoughts? We are thinking of thoughts, again, that's thoughts. If we want to be free of thoughts, forget about thoughts, they don't matter. So what? Let any number arise. Hold on to ourselves. If we hold on to ourselves, we will subside and the thoughts will subside along with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, imbibing ourselves with this, that sense of, we are only responsible for all of this, no? Like in verse 26. Yes, yes. That's really, I mean, for, it answers yes. everything. I mean, in the end, yeah. uh, thoughts come from yeah. me. Okay, the yeah. world comes from me. Yeah. My progress comes from me. Yeah. <laughs> and Bhagavan says it even more powerfully in the last paragraph of Nana. In, in, in verse 26 of Ulugnabdi, he says, if ego comes into existence, we can immediately think of ego as something a little bit far from us. But in the last paragraph of Nana, he said, if oneself rises, everything rises. If oneself subsides, everything subsides. So that ego he's talking about is not just something that rises. It's we ourselves arising as ego. Yeah. And all these things that seems, seem to abstract my practice or my understanding, they also come from my... Yes, they all come from you know, ego only. Even though how, yeah. how am I going to get rid of them if they come from me? I mean... Uh, <clears throat> that is what distracts our attention, what, 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 yeah, what distracts us from the practice is our allowing our attention to go outwards. We say, oh, the thought's distracted, or the noise distracted, or this distracted. What actually distracts is our allowing our attention to go outwards, and our attention goes outwards under the sway of its vishaya vasanas. So the, the fault lies in us. It doesn't lie in the noise. It doesn't lie in anything else. It lies only in us. Right. The whole, the whole we have a, there is no problem other than ourselves. We have a problem. And we are also the solution to the problem. <clears throat> Allowing our attention to go outward is the problem. Turning our attention back within to see what we actually are, that alone is the solution to the problem. And try to make time, more time, for example, sleeping less, like many people do, because our, our sleep is predetermined also by Parabda. Sleep is predetermined by Parabda and also... So, I mean, we're trying to make more time of our sleep. Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, yeah. you know, that is, we shouldn't, we, we should sleep enough. We shouldn't try and sleep too much and we shouldn't try and sleep too little. Mm -hmm. How much sleep we need depends upon 
the activity in the day. If we're doing hard physical labor, naturally we'll sleep more soundly. If we uh, even hard mental work can also make us sleep more soundly. If we eat heavily, we will sleep more soundly. If yeah. we eat lightly, our sleep will tend to be light. So all these, we, we should just sleep as we, sh as Bhagavan said about food, it should be mitta, it should be moderate. That is, we shouldn't eat too much, we shouldn't eat too little. We just find need to find a biomedia. And likewise with sleep, we need to eat, we need to sleep as much as we need to sleep and not more than that. But all these are unimportant. What's important is, when, during waking and dream, what are we doing with our attention? Are we allowing our attention to go outwards, or are we trying to turn it back within, towards ourself alone? Now, Michael, one thing. So, a yeah. few months back, um, I remember that it was very difficult to do this, because... I would get really sleepy. Like it would be like halfway through the day, or it's not sleepy itself. It just I would I wanted to just stop doing anything, like work anything, and just just lay down and and just think about at least read and listen to satsangs and everything. So yeah. get to a point where it didn't affect my job because I think my parata is just to have this job, but yeah. only because of that, because I was completely enthralled in it and it came to a point where as we'll go into this audience more and more and more i would i would it would be very difficult to stay awake it, it would go it would go into a state of like free of thoughts of any kind whatsoever and then i would just fall asleep mm. and i was, i know this is not a good thing so because I, this sounds a lot like some sort of weird somatic so i wanted to get myself out of it the only way I could get myself out of it was, and this is going to sound dangerous, and I do not recommend doing this, get in the car and drive. Because that would be at least around the corner mm -hmm. so that I could still listen to Bhagavan's audios while not falling asleep because I'm now driving, so I'm forcing myself to stay awake. Mm -hmm. Now, by doing so, I would now this decreased and decreased and decreased to the point where, okay, well, now I don't have to do any of that. Can still watch it, can still reflect on it. Um, but what is your recommendation in that weird stage where we're just going to? It's very difficult to stay awake. It's very difficult to to do even the minor tasks. Bhagavan, Bhagavan's taught us what we need to do, how we need to apply these teachings. He leaves for us to understand. That is, our aim is to attend to ourselves as much as possible. How we actually attend to ourselves as much as possible, how we deal with problems like thoughts and sleep, which are just two sides of the, I mean, that if we're in, if we're trying to hold on to self-attentiveness, there are two things. That, that, that is, we can fall out of self-attentiveness in two ways, either by falling asleep or by succumbing to thoughts, by being carried away by the vasanas. So we are trying to avoid, uh, we're trying to remain balanced in between. Of course, if we're tired, best thing is to lie down and sleep. 
Then when we refresh, we get up and we continue. But um, the state you're describing, you alone need to work out how to deal with that. These are things that it's not for others to say what we should do. We, we, we are all trying to go within and we find obstacles on the way and we ourselves have to use our discrimination and and possibly by trial and error, try different things to see what works. But we have to find out for ourselves. Yeah, I feel the same exactly the same way. This is this this is why I didn't actually ask it as a question. Yeah, because I felt very felt like I felt compelled to figure it out figure it out myself. One yeah. of the things I did was a library read devotional yeah. books. I'm in the library, I can fall asleep, so I'm forced to stay awake. And but at the same time, I'm trying. Go within 